It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is a pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be an amazing show. I'll introduce my guests shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It will be terrific. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I will do this every single week. One topic that comes up on the show over and over again is the idea of having a coach and how important that is to achieving high levels of success. Nobody can do it alone, and I promise that whatever you want to achieve has been done by someone before you. Seek out those people who excel at the things you want to learn and find a way to learn from them. It could be one-on-one coaching, taking a course they put together, or simply reading a book they've written. But I will add one very, very important thing. There are plenty of people out there who are willing to help, but don't be afraid to interview them if necessary. If coaching will be one-on-one or you'll be spending time with them, you'll want to know that they are truly qualified to help you, and you also want to make sure it's a personality fit. I've coached with people who have since become very good friends of mine, and it creates a place where I feel really safe sharing things I wouldn't share with anyone else. So think about one of your big goals. If you don't have someone to coach with, look into doing that today. You will be really, really glad you did. And with that in mind, I want to introduce my guest this week, and I've been so excited for a long time to be able to interview this gentleman. My guest this week is Darren Hardy. Let me tell you about him. Darren is just like many entrepreneurs. He started out afraid, nervous, and without a clue what to do or what to expect as an entrepreneur. He had no experience, training, or guidance. He did it mostly wrong, which is how he figured out how to do it right. His life has been a living laboratory of trial, error, failure, and success. Darren wrote The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster, Why Now is the Time to Join the Ride, to help save you lots of unnecessary pain and to significantly accelerate your success by helping you do it right the first time. Through his first real business, Darren was earning a six-figure annual income at age 19. Five years later, he was a self-made millionaire, and by age 27, he had a business generating over $50 million in revenue. For the past two decades, Darren has been a business leader in the success and human achievement industry. He's the visionary force behind Success Magazine as its publisher, giving him unprecedented access to interview, study, and draw out the insights of the most successful achievers. This has allowed him to uncover their unique secrets to success, which he shares to empower entrepreneurs around the world. Darren also mentors many of today's high-performing CEOs, advises large corporations, and sits on the boards of several companies and nonprofit organizations. He is a New York Times bestselling author, media contributor, and highly sought-after keynote speaker, and he wrote the book, The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster, to prepare you for the wild ride of entrepreneurship. It will warn you, inoculate you, and guide you safely past the landmines that will blow up and cause the failure of 66% of all new businesses. You can find his book at www.rollercoasterbook.com. And with all this in mind, I want to introduce my very, very special guest, Darren Hardy. How are you, Darren? I'm great. I feel uh, spectacular after the introduction. Thank you very much for that. Hey, that was beautiful. Yes. 
You're so very welcome, and, and you deserve every bit of it. You've done so much, and I've been a fan of yours for a long time. I've got The Compound Effect, and now I have The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster, both of which are amazing books. And if you all don't have it, go to Darren Hardy's website and get those right now. After the show, of course, but get those books and read them if you have not already. So let me ask you, Darren, uh, first question I ask everyone is tell us about your background, your backstory. I alluded to some of that in the bio, but, man, you've got such a rich, amazing uh, a background. I'd love to hear about it well uh hardy is a is an english name uh and so i'm, I'm actually a descendant of uh of of royalty uh in one of the high houses from from england I, I went to nothing but private academies growing up uh i graduated top of my class at yale i was personally mentored by a descendant of uh einstein for the last 20 no none of that is true I'm actually um, from a very dysfunctional uh, family and upbringing. My parents divorced when I was 18 months old. Uh, My mother didn't want me, and so she basically enthusiastically handed me over to my father, who was 23 years of age when I was born and had just moved to the the middle of the country, which seemed like the middle of nowhere to him, away from his support group and family. And it was just he and I kind of growing up together. He was a university football coach father. He uh, didn't know really how to parent. He's had the nurturing qualities of a neanderthal and and the way you got love and and attention in our household was to to achieve uh and so he did teach me you know how to work hard how to be disciplined how to stay consistent you know the mantra around our house was no pain no gain you know suck it up if you're gonna cry i'll give you something to cry about kind of sort of discipline but it, it, it definitely instilled this this desire to achieve as well as this discipline and hard work ethic, which uh, I do attribute to uh, to my father, which was which was fantastic. But as you mentioned, I mean, I started out like like everybody else started out uh, scared and nervous, without a clue of what to do, with no guidance, and I stubbed my toe and bruised my knees and bruised my ego and bruised my my pride many many a time um and the other interesting thing is with uh with a single semester of college to my credit nothing i've ever done that i ended up doing successfully had i ever done before or had any training or any uh experience or any sort of direct mentorship in order to figure out how to do it successfully so i i I say all that to say, look, if if your background is is any better than that, uh, it's slightest than that. Um, if I can do it, certainly you can do it. But but it really is the the pattern of many great people that you might admire today. I mean, Steve Jobs was also abandoned by his biological parents and and given up for adoption, and it sort of fueled his his drive to prove himself and to be feel validated and feel significant and and the world is better for it richard branson you know um was uh you know called stupid or lazy by his teacher and his headmaster said he'd end up in jail or prison when he left and dropped out of high school and you know and yet look at what the world has benefited from uh as as a result of richard branson's success so uh the first message is is i always say your adversities are not wounds that you need to heal from. You know, you don't need to child regress and get over these, you know, these childhood traumas. What I see adversities as are great advantages. These were the the training ground. This this was the the emotional and psychological uh, muscle building and development that one goes through that allows ultimately you to do extraordinary things that ordinary people who have not had that muscle development. Um, uh, can do themselves. So 
you know, really my background is uh, not a factor to my success except for the fact that it, it having to sort of overcome these difficulties gave me greater strength today than, than people who had kind of a cushy, you know, non-adversity-laden uh, background. So embrace your adversities and see them as great advantages is, the, is basically the message. That's, that's really awesome. And when, when you, st- you had me going for a second, because I w- as I read your book, you talked about your background. I'm like, I don't remember reading any of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for clarifying that. And so I do want to ask, I did allude to this in the bio, but tell us, when did you know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Because this really has set the course for your entire life. Yeah, I didn't know that. In fact, my father, who didn't know really how to direct a child, the only thing he knew about society was the, the people who seemed to be at the top of the totem pole were, were doctors and lawyers. And when he saw me faint at the sight of my own blood early as a kid, he knew that doctor was off the table, so he focused all his efforts on lawyer. So I was supposed to be destined to be a lawyer. Yeah, so I, you know, even the one semester of college that I uh, went to it was focused on political science. The, the pathway was to become a an attorney, and then I was introduced, just a very happenstance, by a friend to this sort of rogue business opportunity of basically buying water filters at wholesale and then going door to door and selling them at retail and keeping the difference. That turned into hiring others to do it and and building a distributorship that turned into a $5 million business starting when I was 18 years of age. So entrepreneurship sort of interrupted my uh, my path. And if you read the Entrepreneur Roller Coaster, the beginning period of that was laden with all sorts of difficulties and 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 problems. But I did get the bug. I, I got the bug about sort of challenging my my skills and abilities, finding some things that I really was great at, and then expanding on those. And um, I never looked back. Uh, so I've been an entrepreneur since 18 years of age. Uh, again, p- mostly by by happenstance, and I, I, I thank God really that that um, that I was interrupted because I would have been a horrible attorney. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason the reason is is I, I God love those that that are great at it, but I am I am uh, an anti-conformist. I am tell me the rule and and I will I will find a way to break it. I I, do, I truly do have the the mindset and mentality of an entrepreneur, uh, and which is in most cases the opposite of the the mind of a uh, of an attorney and. Quite frankly, my sister, uh, who was also under the same dogma of my father's um, philosophy, ended up going to law school. She's tried to take the bar three or four times and hasn't been able to pass it. And quite frankly, because it's not what she really should be doing. She was basically following the definition of success that my father gave her without figuring out what the definition of success was for her. And uh, so thankfully, entrepreneurship interrupted that path for me. Um, gave me a sense of what my true strengths and skill sets were, my true passions were, and that started at 18. And and you know, for my sister, who's what now 34 or five, she's only getting a sense of it right now. And 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 what is that? 16 years have have uh, have been gone yeah. as a result of it. Yeah, we've got about a minute, minute and a half left to our first break. I do want to ask real quickly: How did you decide to write this book, The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster? Well, as publishers of Success Magazine, our mission is to empower entrepreneurs globally. And I tried to figure out what is it that causes the 66% failure rate amongst 
uh, small business owners who finally get the courage to, to, to break away from the herd of mediocrity or what everybody else is doing because 90 percent of the population are employees and venture out on their own. And um, what I found was was shocking. It wasn't what everybody reports as the reasons why people fail as a small business owner. It weren't external factors of the economy or inventory or technology or the lack of capital or lack of talent acquisition, what have you. There were more internal reasons, and it's the emotional factors that caused and hiccuped people from being able to see themselves through the entrepreneur emotional roller coaster one goes through when they step out on their own and become a, a small business owner. So it was trying to uh, uh, correct the major pitfall that most face of why they fail when they become an entrepreneur and equip them with the skills they need to ultimately be successful. That's great. We are coming up against our first break. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Darren Hardy. Please stay with us. We will discuss his book, The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster, in depth when we return from our break. Please stay with us. Don't go away. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. At Solove, we think a person's voice is the most powerful form of marketing, so that's what we want to invest in. While other companies spend billions on traditional marketing, we reward you for sharing Solove with your connections. We began with a simple idea. A single relationship has the power to make life better for many people. We took this idea and turned it into a company that can make commerce less expensive and even profitable for everyone. We've started with mobile phone service because it's something all of us already use, and it's the technology connecting us every day. We put you in charge of what you pay for mobile service and simply making the switch to Solove is the first step to spending less $49 a month for unlimited voice text and data but it gets even better you can earn money just for sharing Solove with others as your network of connections grows both through your actions and the actions of each person who joins because of you you can quickly be paying nothing for your mobile service and even make a profit every month visit us online at www.social-commerce-now.com to learn more and join the Solove revolution did you know you can quickly grow your business online and offline for free? SmartGuy.com is one of the fastest growing business networks in the world. Managing over 600 city business networks from Los Angeles, California to the country of Bahrain. In just a minute or two, you can add your business and be quickly listed in their global business directory, local business networks, and get a free web page that can actually rank on top of major search engines in as little as one to two weeks. No kidding. Simply go to www.smartguy.com. Fill out your company information and you're set. So add your business for free and find out why everyone loves a smart guy. Smartguy.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. Okay, and we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Again, my very special guest this week is Darren Hardy. 
And you can find me on Facebook. You can find my page, Success Profiles Radio. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Brian K. Wright. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can also download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes for free. I'd love it if you'd subscribe to the show and give it a review if you feel compelled to. That would really help a lot. I also do have a book writing coaching program. So if you've got a nonfiction book just dying to get out, let's talk about that and see if there's a way I can help you out. You can email me, brian at briankwright.com. I'd be glad to have a discovery session with you uh, whenever you're ready for it. So, Darren, let's talk about your book, The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster. I know there are a lot of answers to this question, but what do you think it takes to be a successful entrepreneur, and can it be learned? Yeah, well, I think that the number one ingredient uh, comes down to self-confidence because uh, you're going to definitely uh, run into many hurdles, most of which will be emotional and psychological uh, when you run into self-doubt, when you run into whether you feel like you're good enough, whether you're capable, when you run into the naysayers who uh, mock and laugh and and um, you know try to pull you back into the herd of, of mediocrity. It, it's going to be the quality of self-confidence that's ultimately going to see you through those difficult stages that you go through as an entrepreneur. The other quality I think, uh, is hunger. Um, you really need dogged determination. It, in, in the best definition I ever heard of, of why, you know, you really have to have passion, why you really have to love what you're doing as an entrepreneur isn't because, you know, you need to live this life of great bliss and, and, uh, self-actualization and exaltation and, and so forth. That's not the reason. It was by Steve Jobs. He says the reason why you have to have passion for it is because it's so hard. It's yeah. so difficult. And if you don't love it, if you don't have a passion for it, you'll give up because it's so difficult. You know, the, the sane person um, would say it's it's not worth it. Uh, but you've got to be a little insane. And that insanity comes from just this real this, – this deep down burning uh, desire and hunger to see it through. And we, we know that it's not talent and it's not intelligence that causes and creates success. You could look at many of the greatest success, uh, successful entrepreneurs on the planet, and they, they certainly are not the most intelligent right. um, and certainly not the most talented. But they went through the grueling 10,000 hours, as Malcolm Gladwell pointed out, or as Anders Erickson pointed out in the Cambridge Handbook of Expertise and Excellence, that it takes 10,000 hours to develop a what becomes a great skill or a mastery of a skill that ultimately people call a talent. So unless you have that hunger and dogged determination to grind through those 10,000 hours, you're never going to get to the other side of, of success. So I would say self-confidence and, and this sense of hunger. Yeah. And you addressed passion just a little bit ago, and I think that's also really important. So I want to ask, what do you tell someone who says they're not sure what they're passionate about? I mean, where does that fit into the equation for you? Yeah, you know, um, I actually kind of get tired of hearing this a little bit because it sounds like a whine. You know, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not working harder or I'm not more successful because I, I'm just not passionate about what I do. I'm just not yeah. passionate. Like, like they're entitled to be passionate. You know, mm -hmm. that that's you're you're not granted uh, passion. You're granted an opportunity to at life, right? Yeah. So. There are several ways in which to find this thing that Steve Jobs talks about where you do have to find your passion. You do have to love it. But it doesn't have to always be what you do. Um, for the most part, you know, there are a lot of people that do some really, you know, not great things, but they absolutely love it. Like we had this housekeeper, Leticia, and she just had – she was passion-filled all day long. 
And um, and she was doing what I thought was, you know, really awful work. <laughs> I saw the stuff she had to do around my own house. Yeah. But she was just filled with, with this sense of, of purpose and passion. And the reason was is that because she loved how she did it. She did things with such great care and excellence, and it fulfilled her to see her deliver a result and an outcome that that was a standard of excellence. And so I've seen toll takers. I've seen taxi cab drivers. I've seen CEOs. I've seen accountants. Um, I've seen a variety of different people who their switch is not what they do. It's how they do what they do. And another switch is, you know, maybe who you do it for. Maybe you don't love what you do or love even the process of how you do it, but you're doing it because you want to financially retire your parents so they don't have to worry about money or you want to be sure that your kids can go to the greatest universities that they qualify for and so you're doing it for their future or you're doing it for some great charity or some organization or some disadvantaged group of people that you feel very passion-filled and purposeful helping out. And so what you do and how you go about doing it is the means to the end of providing for those who people, right? And then yeah. the last is what what it is for me. Why? You know, why you do what you do, the the higher purpose or the the sense of significance or the contribution or the impact that you're making is is been the the fuel source for me. So it comes down to the, these four switches. Why, how, who or why? It doesn't all have to be what. In fact, yeah. no matter what you choose to do, and this is one of the things I I write about in the Entrepreneur Roller Coaster book is Whatever you choose to do, 95% of the time, it's going to suck. You're going to have to do things that you don't want to do. Right. Uh, you know, whether you're Bono or Oprah or Richard Branson, 95% of your day is sucked up doing stuff you might not want to do. But the 5% is so amazing and such a great, incredible payoff that it's worth grinding through the 95% to get to the 5% of true um, exaltation, true thrill, true yeah. – extraordinary uh, uh, feeling and, and experience. Exactly. Something else you talk about in the book is find your fight. I mean, sure, you, you need to you know do what you need to do and, and know who and what and why, and those are all extremely important things. But sometimes we come up against it, and sometimes you just have to pick and choose your battles. How do you do that? The reality is, is that our brain um, is negative. Our brain is negative, meaning the, the, the brain has one job and one job only, and that is survival. That's its only purpose and its only desire. At, it doesn't care about your happiness. It doesn't care about your joy. It doesn't care about your self-actualization. It doesn't care about any of that. And so right. it's on alert all day long looking for anything that might uh, be a threat or to, to be dangerous. So you can find your great purpose and passion in life by figuring out what it is that you love. What do I love? What do I want to support? What do I want to contribute to? But I tell you what, it's not as powerful of a motive and, and motivation as figuring out what it is that you hate, that you're willing to fight for, that you're willing to defend. And the way to find what it is that you might hate, because people are like, oh, you shouldn't hate. Trust me, you need to hate. You, you know, you want to um, there's good and there's evil. You right. know, you want to bolster the good and you want to fight the evil. There's it, so there's both sides of the. And the way to find what it is that you might hate is figure out what it is that you love, and then what is the enemy of that? What's the threat of that? Like you might love your mother, yeah, and you hate the fact that cancer took her away from you too early in life, or you might love 
the environment that we have been bestowed to take care of and to, to be good stewards of. And you might hate what it is that we might have done to influence the, um, you know, the, the destruction of that. Or you might love the, the beautiful mammals that, that populate our ecosystem. And that means you hate the vile injustice of whale hunting. Or you might love animals and you hate the, the mistreatment or abuse of animals. And so there's this, like, for instance, I love human potential. I love being able to see the seeds that, that are buried inside people of greatness that they might not see that is buried in self-doubt, worry, or fears, that if I can break them past that and we can nurture water and cultivate those seeds, they will blossom and they will finally live up to the potential that they were bestowed. I love human potential. So what's the threat of that? Well, to me, there's a couple of few major threats. One is negative sensational news media that is bombarding our our minds and ears and eyes with the worst of what's happening in the world in order to draw your attention long enough to, to sell you a Crest toothpaste commercial. But it takes the six most perverted, heinous, lewd, um, awful, corrupt things that are happening in the world and then barrages you morning, noon, and night with them. Meanwhile, millions of beautiful, amazing, miraculous things happen throughout the day, but you don't hear about it because it doesn't draw your attention and they can't monetize that attention financially. And so I hate negative sensational news media. Yeah. You know, I mean, my Goliath in life is, is Wolf Blitzer, you know, and, and the rest of the, of, of those on all the different networks. Right. So, right. but I am, I, I get out of bed more fired up to fight against that than I do even the joy of of human potential. Mm. So there's something about being able to hack your primal instincts that that thing that drives every fiber of your being and it, and if you can if you can trigger that that the brain mechanism that says we need to defend against threat and we need to uh, activate our survival and you can use that to propel your success, I'm telling you it is powerful and you become yeah. unstoppable. I love that. I love that. That's great. And uh, the Entrepreneur Roller Coaster is available at uh, rollercoasterbook.com. Is that right? Yes. Rollercoasterbook.com. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Let's move to another topic. Let's talk about having a business and hiring people. This is a really interesting discussion in your book. You talked about A-list people actually being a lot less expensive to your business than B-list and C-list people are. We've got two minutes to our next break. Uh, tell us why that's true. I think that's so interesting. Well, as Richard Branson said, look, a company is only one thing. It, it, there aren't planes. Every airline buys the same Boeing planes. The only thing that makes up one airline over another are the people that they put in the planes, the team of people that you hire and cultivate and orient and create a culture for those that are uh, running your business. So a business is people. When I interviewed Jack Welch, he said, look, the bottom line is that the organization that fields the best team wins. The season is determined before the season starts, depending on who you've been able to recruit in the key positions and then cultivate their great talent. So it's 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 the it, 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 it businesses are people serving people. And if you get the people right, the people will take care of the rest. So the number one job of the leader is to recruit the highest talent possible. 60 to 80% of all the operating expense of any organization is in a salary. And so if you hire the wrong people, it costs six to 15 times their annual salary. Wow. 
Wow. And not only the time, labor, and money that you spent hiring, orienting, and training, or in the money that you spent paid, but also the time and money to repeat that process, the opportunity cost, and the rehabilitation cost, you know, the chemotherapy you've got to give the rest of your organization once that person has gone. At the same time, if you get it right, one great, talented person can, can outperform two to three people in business and productive output. And here's what it comes down to. A players hire A players because A players want to work with A players and have no tolerance for dealing with subpar uh, talent. B players, on the other hand, hire C players because they're threatened by high-level talent. And so Steve Jobs called it a bozo explosion. If you let one B player in, then all of a sudden you end up with uh, a bozo explosion in your organization. And so the last thing I'll say is A players are free. They will always outproduce what you pay them. And they they come with a 12-month finance plan. Okay, we are up against our break, and we will come right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My guest is Darren Hardy. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Looking for the perfect destination in Costa Rica, Panama, or Thailand? Concerned about the economy and looking for an escape plan? Then you need to go to escapeartist.com and learn how you can live, work, invest, retire, or do business overseas. Escape Artist has the perfect plan for you. Join our 400,000 readers and get your free subscription to Escape from America magazine. Visit www.escapefromamerica.com and create your escape plan right now. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Darren Hardy, and he has written an amazing, amazing book called The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster, and we will continue our discussion of that right now. And please stay to the end because Darren does want to give away a special free gift to everyone who's listening. So, Darren, you've rubbed shoulders with so many of the world's most successful people. What do you think differentiates them from everybody else? Uh, number one is that they're constant learners. Uh, the reality is is that we're all born with a blank slate, and it's 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 what you do on a constant, never-ending basis to grow and improve that ultimately um, has you rise above everybody else. I mean, you you basically stand on the books that you read to get head and shoulders above uh, other people. So whatever that is for you, whether it's books, whether it's audio training programs, whether listen to radio programs like this, um, going to seminars, hiring coaches, as you talked about at the beginning as well, yeah. they are they are learners. That's number one. Number two is. They also have this this sense of resolve, this this attribute of I will do it or I will die trying. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that's a, a differentiating factor. The last is one that is not as obvious, um, but I I just see it uh, every time. They are great communicators. You, you've you've got to learn how to communicate. I mean, if you look at the jobs, the the, the Bransons, the the Welches, they, they know how to communicate that incites. Um, people's engagement, uh, whether it be in a, a, a factor of influence, a factor of sales, a factor of persuasion, they know how to communicate. So learn and grow, 
a sense of, uh, of resolve and the ability to communicate. I love that. That's fantastic. Something else you do address in the book is the idea of how all of us fight self-limiting beliefs, even the super, super successful people. But the great achievers don't appear to give in to this. How do they do that? Well, I'm not sure that they they don't give in to it. I, I have a friend of mine who's uh, the CEO of a $2 billion company, massively successful, one of the, one of the greatest CEO leaders of our time. And he will admit that he wakes up many mornings – um, you know, in a panic that says, oh, you know, maybe they're going to figure me out. Maybe, maybe they're going to realize that I'm a fraud, that I'm, I'm not deserving of the position that I've, I've been given and the responsibilities that I've got. Right. So I'm not sure that, you know, as a human, you're human, right? We're all going through this human journey. And while, um, as Coach K said, you have to show the face that your team needs to see. So you have to show a sense of confidence and a sense of resolve. But that doesn't mean you're not fighting those feelings inside, right? right? When, when even whether it's President Reagan, when the space shuttle blew up in the sky and he had to address the, the nation, it wasn't that he wasn't scared and, and wasn't nervous and, and wasn't uh, dying inside. But he had to show empathy as well as confidence. When George Bush stood on the, 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 the pile of, of rubble that used to be – the Twin Towers, um, he might have been scared, nervous, frightened as all get out, but he had to show a sense of strength and a sense of, of, of confidence. So I, I have to tell you, I, I think they all feel it, um, but they battle it inside and then show up in a way that gives the, the, the whether it be your team or whether it be your country or whether it be your community – the sense of, of confidence that they need to see mm. so that they can get over their own sense of self-doubt that might allow them to, to ultimately, yeah. ultimately crumble. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. And, you know, when we run businesses, we all have our ups and downs, which is, of course, why you're calling it the entrepreneur roller coaster. When we are in our down periods, our valleys, uh, and we have a lot of adversity, uh, some people are really much, much better at handling that than others. How do, do you have specific strategies for handling adversity, and how long does it take you to get going again? Yeah, so when I uh, first got started as an entrepreneur, if I were uh, was significantly rejected or um, was faced some sort of defeat or had some awful failure or some embarrassing incident, you know, I, I could be down for a couple of weeks. You know, I, I had a black cloud over me for a couple of weeks, and then I, I realized that you know. Um, getting kicked in the teeth and kicked in the gut is part of the part of the process. Like you can't avoid that. Right. <laughs> that that's here's the bottom line: you are going to fail. You are going to be embarrassed. You are going to be rejected. It's going to hurt. You can't avoid that. In fact, I say that it is the not the accumulation of your successes that determines your ultimate success. It is the failures that you go through and how long you stay down in between those intervals. The faster you get up, the more you exponentially accelerate your path towards success. So you can't control getting knocked down, but you can control how long you stay down. So I started focusing on my recovery time. So for two, you know, two weeks, then I got it down to two days. And then I went from two days down to two hours. And even to this day, I've got it between 20 seconds and maybe 20 minutes um, depending on how big the, the failure is. I can either just talk myself through it and pick up the phone and go again in 20 seconds, or I might need to leave the office, you know, pound my fist on the steering wheel and 
shout and, and cry and moan and gripe in my car for a little while and then come back to the office and get back on the horse. Yeah. And so, look, you're human. It's going to hurt and it's going to happen. And don't let that be your sense of failure. Let your sense of uh, success uh, be measured by how fast you get back up and get going again. And so just know that it's, it's, it's part of the journey, part of the process and, and whittle the time down, not the number of times you get knocked down. Cause that actually you want to accelerate your failure rate uh, and you want to shorten your recovery rate. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. So what do you think is the most important thing an entrepreneur should be focused on? Well, I would say personal growth and constant never-ending development, really, when it comes down to it, because you, you, uh, you don't know what you don't know, um, and it's a, it's a learning journey. It's a, it's a, like my, my mentor, Jim Rohn, would say, you, know, you don't accomplish goals. You, you can't achieve something you've never achieved before until you become somebody you haven't been before, and the only way to do that is you grow into your goals. You don't accomplish goals. You grow into them, and so... Uh, the one thing that every entrepreneur should do is to to really focus on constant, never-ending growth. You know, what are your big three goals? What are the one or two key skills most important to accomplishing those goals? And then go attack the growth learning curve of those two or three skills that are going to be indicative of accomplishing those big three goals. And then focus on your team as well. Where where do their skills need to grow in order to achieve the, the goals that you have as, as an organization? So, so growth is central A, number one. That is fantastic. And uh, a lot of people seem to be uh, addicted to the approval from other people. And I've got a coach who's a, a mental toughness coach, and he talks about with me, uh, fighting the uh, addiction of needing to be approved or have approval from other people. How does that really limit us? You know, it's a it's a double-edged sword because uh, needing to be um, accepted in your peer group can be a fantastic motivator. It was my original motivation. The the whole motivation I had in life was to prove myself to my father, to, to be worthy of, of his approval and attention. And it 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 set me out on a on a very uh, de- determined journey of of success. Uh, wh- one of the stories I love is is Michael Jordan, who was cut from his uh, basketball high school basketball team as a sophomore, and then he has this illustrious career, arguably one of the greatest athletes who's ever lived. And on his Hall of Fame speech, he took that coach and flew him across the country, put him in the front row, and made. The, one of the central themes to his whole Hall of Fame acceptance speech, wagging his finger at that coach and, and looking at him sternly and saying, see, you were wrong. Wow. Which meant that his airness was motivated to, to all, that, all those great heights out of trying to be accepted. When I interviewed Anthony Hopkins, uh, I asked him you know, what, what – uh, he would attribute his success, and he said anger. He said when he was growing up, his cousins were, were smarter, brighter, more talented than he was, and, and he felt ashamed and, and unworthy. And then he he found this community theater, and he, he thought that he might be um, good at it, and he just worked like the Dickens to be great at that so that he could prove himself. Steve Jobs, the same thing, as I told you. you know, He was given up for, for adoption and, and spent the rest of his life trying to prove himself. So I, I think... In fact, you should use it. It's it's fantastic fuel. As a matter of fact, if you're stagnant, if you're complacent, it was an, I have an email going out to my Darren Daily group this morning that talks about this. The best thing that you can do is get around people who are playing a bigger game than you because psychologically we want to be accepted by others. And if somebody is successful and complacent right now, it's probably because everybody around them, they're more successful than them or at the same level. 
And if you want to ignite every fiber of your primitive being to level up, get around people who are playing a bigger game, and unconsciously you will do whatever it takes to be accepted by that new peer group, and you'll raise your level of success. So it's an awesome motivation. I wouldn't worry about trying to overcome it. I'd worry about using it as a lever. That's great. That's great. So let's talk about once we have a team and once you uh, once you are in growth mode in your business, there comes a point in time where you have to decide whether to hire someone or to outsource things to someone else. How do you know who needs to be on your team? What criteria do you use to determine who you need to surround yourself around? Well, I mean, that comes down to what are the vital functions of the organization and um, what is in your strength zone and what is not in your strength zone. But the bottom line in terms of the process is when I interviewed um, billionaire Ken Fisher, um, who's on the Forbes 400 list, we talked about this. And and he says, look, you know, when you first start out as an entrepreneur, you're going to have to do everything, right? You're going to have to do all the sales and marketing, the customer service, the accounting. You're going to have to take out the trash. He says the goal is to start quitting, meaning you get enough sales and marketing going to where you have enough revenue that you can pay somebody else to take out the trash so that you don't have to do that. You get more sales and marketing going, you can pay somebody to do the accounting. Get more sales and marketing going, you can pay somebody to do the customer service. Get more sales and marketing going, you can eventually end up paying somebody to do the sales and marketing. So all you have to do is strategically think about what's around the corner and over the horizon for the organization. And you want to turn labor into leadership. So in the beginning, you're going to have to labor by doing it all. But the goal is to start quitting all of the less valuable activities outside of your strength zone to other people and doing it as fast as your cash flow will allow you to do it and moving as much labor off your plate so that you can involve more leadership onto yours and labor onto others. That's great. We've got a minute to our break. And I do want to uh, ask you while I'm thinking about it, you do have a free thing that you'd like to give. Want to tell us just a little bit about that and where we can find it? So a summary, we did a, uh, we spent years developing the white paper for the, um, you know, what are the mistakes entrepreneurs make that cause and create their success? And we boil them down to eight tragic mistakes that entrepreneurs make that cause and create the majority of two-thirds, the two-thirds failure rate in, in running and operating a business. So we're, we're giving that white paper out for free. I actually walk you through it through a uh, four-part video series as well, and you can get it for free. It's kind of our public service uh, offering to, to kind of hand over this multi-million dollar report. So you just go to 8tragicmistakes.com, eight, the number 8tragicmistakes.com, and you can download the white paper for free, and it'll walk you through the, um, the, 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 the video explanation that I, um, that I take you through there. That's perfect. And we are coming right back after the break. This show is going so fast. I can't believe it. We are with Darren Hardy. This is success profiles radio. Please stay with us. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is success profiles radio. Energy Saving Solutions' innovative double green plan enables you to switch to energy-efficient LEDs and other modern lighting with no upfront cost. Modern LEDs are far more efficient than other types of lighting, but for many businesses, schools, and nonprofit organizations, the reason for sticking with the old inefficient lighting is the cost of replacing them. 
While an old-fashioned incandescent bulb may cost a dollar, LED costs $30 or more. And that's why Energy Saving Solutions has designed our Double Green plan. Double Green allows you to convert to LEDs with no out-of-pocket cost. We'll pay for your new lights, and you'll pay us back with a percentage of your savings. From the very first day that your new LEDs are lighting your life, you'll realize a positive cash flow, and you'll be doing something positive for our environment. For a free cost and energy savings analysis, call Joshua May at 888-620-8133, extension 7082, or visit us online at www.energysavingindustry.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Darren Hardy, and his book is called The Entrepreneur Roller Toaster. And we are discussing a lot of different topics in this uh, in this book. And if you want to get this book, which I strongly recommend you do, go to www.rollercoasterbook.com. And before the break, Darren talked about a free gift that he wants to offer all of our listeners. It's uh, you can go to. Uh, 8tragicmistakes.com to get a free report on how to avoid the most common mistakes that entrepreneurs make when doing their business. So sales is something that obviously drives the machine. Uh, can you tell us, give, just give us maybe two or three of the most successful sales strategies uh, or philosophies that maybe have worked best for you? How, what is your philosophy of sales in an organization? Yeah, most people sell wrong. Uh, they sell like they did when they were children, uh, which meant that, you know, if they just push, prod, whine, gripe, and complain that, you know, eventually they can wear people out and they'll relent. Or they, they watch movies like The Wolf of Wall Street or Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross or Boiler Room or, or The Death of a Salesman. And they think that that's what it takes to be su- su- uh, successful at sales, just being this annoying, aggravating used car salesman-like approach, which is exactly the opposite of how sales should be done. So the number one rule, the number one rule to sales is stop selling. (laughs) Stop it and start helping. Turn the four-letter word of sell into H-E-L-P and go around um, asking people questions about what it is that they are most interested in. And so, you know, stop selling, start helping. Stop pitching, start asking. Stop focusing on features or even results and start focusing on what's the ultimate transformation or outcome that people uh, are looking for. For instance, let's say you sell drill bits. And right now all your advertising and marketing and pitching and selling is like on the technology, how your drill bit has the finest technology, polymer, you know, latest, greatest NASA science, metal, metallology and all the rest of that. And that's what distinguishes you from your competition. The person who's buying a, a drill bit does not care. They're not looking for... Uh, technology, they're looking for a hole, <laughs> right? Yes. Now, but that's a result. They're still not looking for a hole. What they're looking for is what they can build. And if you focus on what they can build, what the outcome they're looking to create is, and it might be that treehouse for their kid, you're going to do a much better job um, providing them the solution of your great drill bit when you focus on what it is the as the actual outcome transformation that they're looking to achieve. And so 
sales is so focused on features and why we're better than this because of this thing, all of which the customer and consumer does not care about. The only thing they care about is themselves, and the only thing they care about themselves is the outcome that they're looking to, to, to generate. So those would be my three quick suggestions. Stop selling, start helping, stop pitching, start asking, stop talking about features or even results, and start talking about transformations and outcomes, and then you can attach your solution to getting there. That is beautiful. I appreciate you sharing that. Something else you talk about in the book, which really uh, struck me, uh, was the fact that not only is entrepreneurship uh, very scary at times, but your solution is to have 20 seconds of insane courage three times a day. Tell us about that. Yeah. So you don't have to walk around being courageous all day, every day. In fact, you could be um, completely uh, uh, without courage 99.98% of your life and end up killing it and crushing the marketplace with your great success. And the, and the way is, is that it only takes 20 seconds to engage in the activity that you find fearful. And it's not the actual activity that you find fearful. It's the anticipation of the activity. And if you could just uh, shut your brain down for 20 seconds and step into the activity that you're afraid of, you will actually engage in the activity, tell, prove to your brain that there's nothing to be afraid of, and um, and your heart rate will will calm down and so forth. So if you're afraid to pick up the phone, just shut your brain off for 20 seconds, engage in the activity of punching the, the, the phone number, and you'll find yourself mid-stroke mid in the conversation. If you're afraid to approach a stranger to introduce yourself, shut your brain off for 20 seconds, step up, extend your hand, say, hi, my name is, I've always wanted to meet you, and then all of a sudden... Um, you're engaged in the activity. You, you are afraid to speak in front of people. It doesn't require you to be courageous for an hour. It only requires, requires you the 20 seconds to, to, to step up to the mic, start talking, and realize that the people aren't going to attack you or eat you, and your um, heart rate will descend and you'll be engaged in the activity that you once feared. You see, the, the adage of it's the only thing we have to fear is fear itself is true because most things that we are afraid of pose no danger whatsoever, no mortal danger whatsoever. And so it's not the actual activity that we're afraid of. It is the fear and the anticipation of the activity that ultimately paralyzes us. So if you can just shut your brain off for 20 seconds, engage in the activity, you'll end up um, and do that three times a day, which means for the totality of a minute a day, yeah. and you did something you were afraid of three times a day, I promise you, you would scale your success exponentially over your contemporaries who are doing everything they can all day to avoid the thing they fear. That is amazing advice. I love that. That's really fantastic. And again, if you have not read The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster, go ahead and get that at rollercoasterbook.com. I want to ask something because as millennials are growing up and entering the workforce and, and in many cases are crushing it in their own businesses, how does that change the way we view leadership in the marketplace? Yeah, it's not just millennials. Uh, it's the entire dynamic of the landscape that has changed because as millennials, uh, by 2020, they will hold the majority of leadership positions all over the world. And at that time, their kids will be entering the marketplace as well. And at that point, we will have five generations working in the, in the workforce at, at one time. This has never happened in all of human history because their grandparents will still be working and their kids will be working. Five generations that were weaned in very different times and very different cultures and very different societal sort of inputs. And so 
that's another factor. Another factor is is that the workforce is more female than it's ever been in history as well. There's more women working than there are men. And by 2040, there will be more minorities working than what is considered the majority right now. So you've got all these dynamics that are affecting the, the workforce. And so everything that anybody knows about leadership right now is wrong. And the reason is, is you know leadership by what you experienced, and what you experienced were 20th century leaders, your parents and the other authority figures that you grew up with. And those people were weaned in the military-industrial complex, command and control, top-down hierarchy, and all of, all of that is gone. That now, instead of financial IQ being the most important skill set somebody has, it's emotional IQ. How do you manage and lead five generations who are female and minority? You better be emotionally intelligent. You know, the competitive weapon in the, in, the, in, the, in the marketplace is not financial capital. It's human capital. The competition is for talent. It's not top-down command and control. It's collaborate. It's not hierarchies. It's networks. It's not aligning through spreadsheets and balance sheets. It's aligning through meaning and purpose. You're not trying to develop followers. You're trying to develop leaders because the marketplace is flexing way too fast, way too dynamically. You need to train independently minded, self-directed people. So the workforce dynamic is radically changed and the winners going forward are going to be the ones that can ad- adapt themselves to becoming 21st century leaders. And that means that they need to they need to get a mental lobotomy about everything they thought they knew about leadership and become uh, uh, the, a new century leader. Fantastic. Uh, we've got about four and a half minutes left into the end, and I've got two questions I really, really want to ask. So here's number one. How, you talk about becoming insanely productive without losing your mind. Yeah, so the most important skill I think we need in the 21st century is learning to prevent distractions and keep our focus. We live in an era of epic distraction, unlike any time we've ever had to experience in human history. All these these technologies that open up windows into our existence of constant solicitation on our time and attention is overwhelmed our mind, frazzled our, our nervous system, and these tools we created to make us more productive have done just the opposite because they have scaled faster than our ability to manage ourselves with them. So we've got a tail wagging the dog scenario here. And it's the reason why, I mean, I've I've devoted so much time and attention to this. I I developed a a program called Insane Productivity because you need to – if there's a skill you need to scale growth in, it is learning how to manage yourself in – these dynamic times um, and keep your focus and stick to your plan in a very, very distracted world. Um, so, you know, that, that's, that's the key skill uh, I think people need to achieve big things in the 21st century. That's awesome. And the last question that I usually ask everyone toward the end of the show, who inspires and motivates you? Uh, it was my father. Unfortunately, he passed a couple of few years ago, but that's the origin. Uh, he was the first to become an entrepreneur in the lineage of our entire family history. And he also instilled, as I mentioned before, hard work, discipline, a sense of, uh, of dogged determination, consistency, and so forth. And that created a level of success that I achieved early, early in my life. But it was really through brute force. And then it, the next major influence was my mentor, Jim Rohn who instead of just achieving things through brute force um, taught me that in order to um, to have more, I needed to become more. And so he focused my development on becoming someone, not just achieving something, but becoming someone. And then all the finer art of living an extraordinary life, all the, that the, the tapestry of what it is to weave an extraordinary life came from the philosophy and mindset that I learned from my mentor, Jim Rohn. 
That is fantastic. And, you know, we do have, I think, two minutes left. So let me just go ahead and ask you one more thing. Well, first of all, let me just ask you once again, how do we find uh, the free gift that you'd like to give to our listeners? Yeah, just go to uh, 8tragicmistakes.com. And so it's the number 8tragicmistakes.com. And uh, you can download the free white paper there, which I, I think is extraordinary. It's, it's you know, 10 years worth of effort and lots of enterprise money to, to, to compile it. And you can get it for free. That's awesome. And of course, the book, The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster, you can find at www.rollercoasterbook.com. Uh, last thing I do want to ask, you talk about ambition toward the end of your book. It can be a double-edged sword. A lot of people think that ambition is really good, but it can also be bad depending on what you focus on, right? Yeah, it can uh, it drive you. And it's great because it can become that motor that, uh, that, that gets you up hungry, but it can also drive you out of your life uh, because there's lots of things that you can do, but you have to ask yourself the question, should you? So my, my capabilities and my ambition could have me conquer great lands and, and do all sorts of things, build bigger companies, scale up my staff, uh, chase greater revenue, but then you become beholden to all those things that you've built. Now I have less time to be a great husband, to be a great friend, to be a great um, member of the family, to be a great community member, to to allocate time to charities and causes that, that I like and appreciate. So you have to, uh, my greatest challenge is not um, my, it's stimulating my ambition. My greatest challenge is harnessing it so that I can stay in my strength zone, stay doing the things that I want to do and stay to the things that I should do based on the life and lifestyle that I have uh, chosen to design for myself. So that's the, that's the double-edged sword of ambition. That's great. And we are at the end of the show. Darren, I just want to thank you so very much for being a part of Success Profiles Radio this week. It was an honor and a privilege to have you here. Go to 8tragicmistakes.com to get Darren's free gift and go to rollercoasterbook.com to get his book. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Meet up with us again on Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern where I interview the most successful and interesting people in the world, learn their secrets of success and how we can derive the lessons and apply them to our own lives. Thank you for joining us. You have yourself a marvelous week. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.